You know, John the Baptist baptized with water, but Jesus Christ baptized with the Holy Spirit. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Janice. This is Bible Discovery TV, where we are studying the Bible today. I find it fascinating because we're in John chapter one, and that is amazing. And as we study this in about five minutes, you're gonna find some interesting things as I did. But Ryan is here to tell us more. Ryan, what's going on? Well, my segment today asks this question. Did Jesus cleanse the temple at the beginning of his ministry or near the end? The Gospel of John seems to be at odds with Matthew, Mark, and Luke on this particular issue. So we'll talk about it. So we'll talk more on that later. Very good. Excellent. Uh, that's coming up in about 20 minutes time. Janice? Well, yesterday's segment was called Be Ready Every Day. And today's segment is called Be Ready. And this is in a little different way. Okay, very good. Take out your Bible guide. Turn to today's passage as we open up the book of John and listen to the Lord. John 1, 19 through 34. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who, coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethabara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel, therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. John chapter 1, verses 19 through 34. We come on a great gospel today, the four records, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you know, John is very unique. According to tradition, 
John's gospel record was the last one written and his gospel differs from the gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke in that over 90% of its material is unique. It is written with an evangelistic purpose and together with the gospel of Matthew, John offers the most striking examples of Jesus Christ fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies of Messiah. As a disciple of Jesus, John was an interesting man with interesting perspective. He watched as Jesus began his ministry and then followed him closely. John was present as Jesus was accused and sentenced to death. John witnessed Jesus' suffering and his death on the cross, so he was able to marvel when he saw the empty tomb and the risen Lord. John also includes in his gospel the witness and the testimony of John the Baptist as the voice of one crying in the wilderness, as Isaiah the prophet had said. Seeing Jesus approach him at the river Jordan, John records that John the Baptist, he exclaimed the following, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me as he was before me. John chapter 1, 29 and 30. This is an outstanding version of the gospel. I want to tell you, and there's a reason why people say when you come to know the Lord, really you should read the gospel of John first because it is stunning. And John is very interesting um, as he writes this. And he's probably already seen the other gospels. And so now he puts down on paper, on a scroll, in a book, he puts down what he believes is important to say. And it's consistent with the other gospels. So take your Bible guide and turn to this particular passage today where we study John 1 and 2, the beginning of a very, very interesting study. Father, I pray today that you would help us to learn that you would help us with John's testimony, understand that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is Yeshua HaMashiach. He is the one who has come and he's coming again. Help us to know that as well. And in Jesus name, help us to hear you, Holy Spirit, ignite inside of us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus name, amen. Now let's look at John chapter one. I want to tell you, it is something. Let's begin at verse 19. It says, now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ, John the Baptist said. And they asked him, what then are you? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Well, are you the prophet? And he answered, no. And then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. John the Baptist said 
He is the voice of one crying in the wilderness, <laughs> quoting the prophet Isaiah. Jesus is exclusively Lord. Let me tell you something. That's exactly why we talk about Jesus Christ as Lord. Because everything that Jesus did fulfilled the covenants of God. Remember, I said that as Christians, we don't follow the law. We follow Jesus because Jesus fulfilled the law. So if we follow Jesus, we can't go wrong because Jesus, his mercy and his truth. He fulfilled the law, but his mercy is there to help us where we mess up. And I need that help a lot. What about you? What about you? If you think you don't mess up, let me tell you, there's some things we need to consider about ourselves. We do mess up, beloved. We do make mistakes. And we talk about it often. That's only human. But it's important for us to hear that. But Jesus Christ makes us straight and right with God. Verse 24. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, the separated ones. And they asked him saying, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them saying, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who is coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Bethbara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Now, this is fascinating. God speaks through John at Bethany. Bethany is the fascinating place. It means house of God. You see, God speaks to us in places that mean the most. And if you study this, if you begin to understand what he did here, you begin to realize that God spoke at various places for various reasons. When Jesus spoke at Caesarea Philippi, do you know why he spoke there? Do some research on that and find out that the mnemonic forces were worshipped there. That's where he introduced the name church, ecclesia. I'm telling you, there are places in the Bible where God speaks and it's stunning. Very, very interesting. Well, we have to go on. This is something. John chapter one, verse 29 says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. Now listen carefully. This is important. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Only the Lord can baptize us with his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father and the gift from God. Let me tell you something. You can just say that the promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit because the presence of God and the Holy Spirit comes into our life and stirs up 
all of the personality traits that God had created and knew from the beginning. But he stirs them up under holiness because he's the Holy Spirit. There's only one. That's the presence of God. There's many spirits, but there's only one Holy Spirit. That spirit is the strongest. All authority has been given to the presence of God and to Jesus Christ. Keep that in mind and let us understand that's what the Lord is doing today. This character of King Saul, this historical figure. Now, I think it's probably fair to say that most of us, when we think of King Saul, we think of the bad guy foil to King David. But an entire book of the Bible is also dedicated to mostly his reign. Of course, that's 1 Samuel. So I'm really excited to jump into it today and see what we can learn about Saul. Well, it's time now to carry on with our Bible study. And today I'm dealing with an apparent contradiction between the Gospel of John and the other three Gospels known as the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And here's the issue. According to John chapter two, Jesus cleansed the temple near the beginning of his public ministry during the first of the three Passovers mentioned in John's Gospel. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record that this event was near the end of his ministry, just days before his crucifixion. So who's right? Well, actually, they all are. Check it out. When it comes to the ministry and earthly life of Jesus Christ, the four gospel accounts record a number of the same events. The baptism of Jesus Christ, the feeding of the 5,000, the triumphal entry, the Last Supper, and of course the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, just to name a few. On the other hand, there are many events which do not appear in all four Gospels, such as the Magi visiting from the East, the temptation of Christ in the wilderness, the wedding at Cana, Jesus stilling the storm, and the Sermon on the Mount. Certainly, one of the more high-profile acts of Jesus, which is recorded in all four Gospel accounts, is the cleansing of the temple, in which he drives out those who had turned God's house of prayer into a house of prophet. Because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all make mention of this temple cleansing event, many readers assume that each Gospel writer is recording the same event. However, this creates a contradiction of sorts, because while John places this event near the beginning of Jesus' ministry, according to the Synoptic Gospels, it was near the end of his ministry, just days before his crucifixion. So how are we to resolve this discrepancy? The answer is actually remarkably simple. These are two separate events. Jesus cleansed the temple both at the beginning of his ministry, as John records, and again near the end of his ministry, as recorded in the Synoptics. Believe it or not, there are several chronological markers which exactly confirm this conclusion. For example, consider John the Baptist. When Jesus cleansed the temple in John's account, John the Baptist was still alive. But in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account, he was clearly already dead. Besides the chronological clues, there are other differences that set these passages apart. For instance, in John, Jesus was immediately confronted by temple officials, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke make no mention of this confrontation. Also, the synoptics record that following the temple cleansing, Jesus began to teach and heal people there, but there is no mention of this in John. Similarly, in John, Jesus fashioned a whip of cords to drive out the money changers, but the synoptics do not mention a whip at all. Even the words Jesus spoke while cleansing the temple, while similar in message, are distinctly different. In the first temple cleansing, the Lord says, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. 
But during the second cleansing, he said, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Thus, we come to the somewhat surprising conclusion that Jesus, on at least two occasions, cleansed the temple. So believe it or not, these are two separate events. As John records, Jesus did cleanse the temple at the beginning of his public ministry, and he did it again just days before his crucifixion, as Matthew, Mark, and Luke record. Again, we know this because of certain chronological markers, like John the Baptist, who is clearly alive during the first temple cleansing, but is dead the second time around. We also noted a lot of differences between John's account and Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account. So it really shouldn't surprise us that Jesus cleaned house on more than one occasion. But pretty soon, he's going to be coming back to clean house again. But this time, it'll be the entire earth. The question is, are you ready? If your life isn't right with the Lord, then now is the time to get your house in order. God in his great mercy has given us nearly 2,000 years of grace. He's given us chance after chance after chance to come to him. So don't wait. Do it today. And the way you come to Jesus Christ is you say to him, uh, you pray. When, when people pray, they, they have this preoccupation of, you know, what is prayer and all of that. But all it is is focusing on God and saying, God, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died on the cross and I believe you rose again three days later. And I believe you paid the cost of sin. Come into my life and be the Lord of my life. I need you today in Jesus name. Amen. If you pray that prayer and really mean it, then God will change the way you do business. And let me tell you something. He changed me over 45 years ago and he'll change you as well if you're serious. Very good. Janice? And it's that that I want to talk about today because when you do, see, God is a very personal God. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about a personal relationship. It's as easy as prayer is like, I'm talking to you right now. And we develop a relationship through that prayer time, through our talking. And it's that that we need to be ready for. In, in this chapter, in John chapter one, we have people coming to John the Baptist and asking him who he is. And he very clearly states that he's not the Christ. And he goes on and he gives a confession of who he is and who Christ is. And later on, when he sees Jesus approaching, he, he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Reminded me too, that we need to be ready with our testimony. When people come to us and they see a difference, maybe it's in how we respond to something. Maybe it's how we speak differently when we're not cursing and swearing. Maybe it's because we use the name of Jesus Christ in a way that's uplifting and not using it as a curse or a swear word. Maybe it's in those times when, when somebody asks you, or notices that there's a difference in you, that we need to be ready to give testimony that it's not us, but it's Christ in us. It's like um, Paul reminded Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 4 verse 2, he says, preach the word, Timothy, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. And first Peter, Peter reminds us, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Listen to this now with meekness and fear. Meekness and fear, not fear because we're afraid of the question, but fear in knowing who God is and how important it is for us 
to follow Christ with everything that we do and everything that we say. So be ready. Yeah, that's that's really important. Uh, and uh, as we uh, focus on this, I think it's important that we introduce a person yes. who we had here yesterday. Yes. And that is Jess Canelon. And he's the son. ready. Yes. He's always ready. The son of Jim <laughs> Canelon. Welcome, Jess, to uh, Bible Discovery TV. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> and you are in Israel right now. Uh, where are you at exactly? <laughs> I, I am five minutes south of the Sea of Galilee at a kibbutz, uh, which is a you know sort of collective farm, a socialist farm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's how they formed the nation back in uh, back in the early uh, early stages of the development of the of the country. They had these little collective farms that helped uh, form the nation. And uh, I'm I'm here in a friend's uh, studio and just uh, happy to be joining in from uh, all the way across the world. And a lot of people need to know this because they they don't recognize the connections. We, of course, produce your program. Ryan is the producer of uh, Jim Canlon today. And we produce This is Israel, which is your program, Jess. It's a new program that you're doing. And uh, we've got what of them? Eight of them are shot now. Uh, yeah, we've got eight. Two are released currently at the time that we're taping this. Today. And you can watch them on Bible Discovery TV Network if you want to. And I would suggest that you check them out. They're good programs. And Jess is an excellent host and he's mm-hmm. going to be doing more. But Jess, let me ask you a question. Now, um, of course, the, the question is, what about your family? I mean, you're married, your wife, what's her name? What's your kid's name? Because we're going to talk about this. Go. Who's okay. your Who's well, your wife? Who's your yeah, kid? I, I don't I don't come alone. I am uh, I am accompanied by a great cloud of witnesses. <laughs> my own house. I have <laughs> I have a, a wife of twenty four years. Uh, we've been married twenty four years, and uh, we have five boys. That's right, five. Uh, eight. <laughs> That's what, what are their ages? <laughs> now we have we have Jonah who's twenty. We have uh, uh, Benji who's seventeen. Uh, Kobe who's fourteen. Matty who is eight, and Teddy who is six. So we have the whole uh, kit and caboodle of, uh, of of boys and testosterone in the house. <laughs> we are what we are. I mean, we have no apologies. We just are the Canelon crew. <laughs> yes, you are. And let me tell you something. It's interesting because you, uh, I, I watched one of your pieces and uh, you were on Mount Hermon and you slid down Mount Hermon. Yeah, I guess it was the winter time and the snow was there and you were talking and doing an illustration. That is amazing. Now, this is part of what your sons, some of your sons do. They do snowboarding, and this is significant. Tell us about the snowboarding. Yeah, that's right. We've, well, I've been snowboarding since uh, snowboarding was invented. Uh, but uh, I got our boys into it we, while we were church planting in Quebec. We lived close to a ski hill, and uh, the boys would go and, and snowboard, and we would just talk to them in our walkie-talkies from our house, and uh, that was that was their life. And uh, so now we they've actually gotten quite good. Our eldest is is highly ranked in Canada, uh, and our, our second is you know way better than I ever was. Our thirdborn is uh, has uh, has great potential for the future. Uh, in in terms of competitive snowboarding and our little people, they just they you know they say they want to play hockey, they want to do this. I said, no, sweeties, we don't do that. We snowboard. <laughs> so it's it's great. I mean, Erica snowboards too. I, she was uh, a very high level gymnast uh, as a as a youth, and so you know when our kids were were jumping on the couches, uh, she would never get upset about them jumping on the couches. She would get upset that they were jumping all wrong. She said, no, you have to flip over your shoulders as the axis. 
so she, she trained them up in the way that they should go. Uh, you know, from from when they were little. So anyway, that's uh, you know, snowboarding has become a part of a part of the family. Well, that's amazing. Your family is uh, outstanding, and uh, your I met your wife, and your wife is great. Uh, you're doing this program, and uh, what does your family think of you doing This Is Israel, the program? Oh, I mean, they love it. So we, they, I lived in Israel from uh, age five to twelve, uh, and then I moved back with my little family. We just had Jonah at the time. Uh, from I was twenty-eight to thirty-five, and so we had uh, uh, we had Jonah with us when we got there. We had a baby there. Benji was born in Israel, in Jerusalem, uh, and uh, you know, Kobe was born in Canada, but that's because we were just on furlough. But then he came back to Israel, uh, and then we've gone back on sabbaticals as well. So they, you know, they really resonate with this country. They feel like it's uh, it's their second home a home away from home and uh i mean they, they find it very they just they just keep on bugging me say dad i want to go on that on the next trip so <laughs> they love it they just absolutely love it well the, and israel is just an outstanding country i love the country and uh, of course it's a small country uh, about the size of new jersey and the idea is that everybody around it has been uh, resisting it since it began but it is a superpower in the middle east now, on the next program, Jess, what we'll do is we'll talk about your involvement and uh, how you're going to develop this program because it's very, very good. If you want to see the program, go to Bible Discovery TV. You can get to it on the Roku channel or you can watch it uh, on the Internet. But another way to do that is go to the Roku channel and look up Jess Cantillon because he has Roku as well. And we developed it for him and you can watch all of his program. Well, not all of them, but we've got eight shot but several of his programs and as they come there'll be more and more excellent teaching an excellent way to see israel and when you when i say see israel everybody talks about israel on the news you know but this is israel inside you get to take a look at it and see it and watch jess work and we'll talk about how he went to israel on the next program and uh what's all that about we'll talk about that and more but in the meantime Remember that God is talking to you, and let's continue on with our study today. Thank you for watching the prayers that people have written in and we put them on the screen so you can pray because that's very important. Praying is very important. You can join us at 3.30 Eastern time in the United States, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Facebook, YouTube, and Bible Discovery TV. We're there and we pray for you live. So make sure that you make a chance to join us at some point. Let's pray today and ask the Lord and say, Lord, help me to put you first in my life.